I'm Josh Beckelheimer, and you're listening to Forever Prepping DM. Red Peaks Mountain and People of the Ash. Before we get into Red Peaks Mountain, I do want to describe my maps and how I've been drawing them in my bullet journal. I do have a fairly large regional map that I drew up. It's like, you know, 20% complete. I left it open a lot on purpose. I'll add to it throughout, you know, all of my journaling. If I want to discover a new place, I can draw it in, or if there's a place that I already have drawn in that I want to explore, I'll do it from there. The regional map is 20 squares in width and 26 squares in length. Now, I know typically um, maps are done in hexes, but given that this is a dotted journal, I didn't want to go through and keep drawing a bunch of hexes. And I figured it doesn't really matter if they're in squares. Even with, you know, overworld travel, it's still fairly easy. You don't have to have hexes. But um, each square is 50 miles. And the Red Peaks Mountain, it's pretty large area, a few hundred miles or so. And it's along a coastline. So there's a lot to explore in this mountain region. But also what I've done is on the top of the map, I have letters A through T for each square. And on the left-hand side of the map, I have numbers 1 through 26 for each square. And so what we're really focusing on for these probably next couple of episodes is location T1, which is the very top right corner of my map. Honestly, I like this method because then I can zoom in on a 50-mile area, and on the next page... I have a square 10 by 10 with letters on the top A through J and numbers on the left 1 through 10 that represent that 50 mile area. And I drew a map there and it has information on that 50 mile area. And then I zoom it in even further because each square on that map is 5 miles. So then I can zoom in on a single 5 mile square 10 by 10 and then each square is a half a mile. And honestly, I think that's as far as you can really go on zooming in, and really that's all you need is just a five mile square for a little area, you know, half a mile square. I'm messing up my words here, but you know what I mean. But yeah, so we're gonna just really focus on the 150 mile area for a while. This is really what I've been writing a lot of stuff for. And so, yeah, let's get into the Red Peaks. The Red Peaks, twisted, jagged, desert mountain region with damaging sand twisters highly populated by humans and orcs. So I'm going to go ahead and tell you that I kind of got this idea from World of Warcraft. There is a region in that game called Red Ridge Mountains. That's how I view the Red Peaks. If you've never played World of Warcraft, you can still Google Red Ridge Mountains and you can see a bunch of images. That's pretty much how I envision this huge area. I do have a D8 Red Peaks random encounters table, though I wrote this up 
right whenever I thought of the Red Peaks. It says there's a lot of changes that I still need to make with this table. And I'll do that once I've moved on from Red Peaks. Because I'm still creating monsters and locations and, and whatnot for this area. But we'll go ahead and discuss what this table currently has. So it's a D8 table. The first entry is 1D4 Red Peaks Orcs. The second entry is 1D8 Traders. The third entry is one small rock, as in R-O-C, not a small rock. Um, entry four, a sand twister. Entry five, one D two basculus. Uh, entry six, two D six red peaks orcs. Uh, the entry seven is one D eight bandits, and entry eight is one red dragon seven hit die. So that needs a lot of work because I've added monsters into it. I don't like how I have two entries for Red Peaks Orcs. But I think I was just trying to fill up this table with ideas. And then I'll go back and fix all that. But first, I want to go into the Orcs of Red Peaks. Orcs of Red Peaks. Their armor class is 4. They are hit die 2 plus 2. Their attack is one weapon, 1d6 plus one, or by weapon, plus one. Their Thaco is 17. Their movement is 120. Um, their save is that of a two-hit die monster. Their morale is seven. They are neutral. Number appearing is 1d6 plus one, or 10d6 in a layer. Their uh, treasure type is B. Orange, bronze skin, large humanoids with fangs. Unlike their underground cousins, they are not sadistic bullies who hate other living creatures. Leader. For every six orcs, there is one leader with maximum hit points. Shaman. A village has at least one shaman, four hit die, that casts spells as a level four cleric. So let's discuss neutral. In old school essentials, there is three types of alignment. You have law, you have chaos, and you have neutral. And it's fairly open to what this means. Um, some people view law as good, and chaos as evil, and neutral just right in the middle. For me, I don't view it that way, and I won't in this world. Law for me is the the order of things where you have i guess not it's hard to say a right or wrong way there's a certain order that has to happen within this world with magic with everything and then you have chaos that breaks that order it's not necessarily evil it just doesn't go around with the same feel as the you know law of the land or law of the world Whatever it is. And then, of course, you have neutral, who's a little bit of both. You know, they might have some things that are lawful, some things that are more chaotic about them. But again, it doesn't mean that they're good or evil. It's just the order of how things should be. For example, you know, necromancers, they're chaotic in this world. It doesn't mean they're evil. It's just they're upsetting the balance of the world. Living things die and dead things do not come back to life. 
That's it. It doesn't mean that they're evil. They're just upsetting the balance of everything. And so that's how I view it. There's no good or evil. Obviously, there's evil and obviously there's good, but not when it comes in the terms of this alignment situation. And so for these orcs, they're neutral, meaning they're just in the middle. They have things that they do according to the law, and they have things that they do according to chaos. They're not evil creatures. They're not good creatures. They're just creatures like anyone else. There's evil humans, and there's good humans. And this is how orcs are in the Red Peaks. They do not like their, grins, their green-skinned cousins because they are of an evil upbringing. And so they really will deal with humans and other species in this world. And that's how I view these orcs. They're neutral. They can be enemies, and they can be allies. It depends on what type of situation they're in. I mean, obviously, they can be bandits, and they can be knights. It doesn't matter. It's just these guys are neutral. They're not evil. They're not good. They're not even neutral. They're just there like everyone else. Now we zoom in on area T1, which is a 50-mile area. We zoom in to a 10 by 10 region of a map here. Each square represents 5 miles. On the top, I have A through J, and on the left-hand side, I have 1 through 10. And at D6, we have a town called Redstone. At D1, we have a den of harpies. At J9, we have a sunken ship. And at J1, we have a settlement of Red Peaks orcs. And again, I have this map kind of zoomed in. Got a little town, you got mountain ranges, and that's it. And you got the coast water there. And it's empty, it's blank, but you know, you use those coordinates to throw anything in. And each square is five miles, so there's a lot of room to zoom in on that map and do a little bit more with it if I needed to. Like if I really wanted to draw out you know, the Den of Harpies, I can zoom in on it and be like, okay, here's the map. It's referenced on page 8, that kind of thing. This is how I do my little bullet journal. And at the top left here, we have map of T1 of page 7, which is the previous page. And so I can go back and look, where is T1? Okay, perfect. So that's what I've done here. Also, I've created People of the Ash. Their armor class is 7. Their hit die is 2. Their attack is 1 weapon, 1d6, or by weapon. Their FACO is 18. Their movement is 120. Their save is that of a level of a hit die 1 creature. Their morale is 5. So they're pretty easy to um, you know, scare and get them to run off. Their alignment is chaos. Number appearing is 1d6 or 3d4 in a layer. Their treasure type is R. Five or more people of the ash are required for a ritual to summon an ash golem. And now I have the ash golem. I really like this creature. Ash golem. Golems that are summoned only through a ritual performed by at least five people of the ash in which their bodies is consumed by fire and turned to ash that forms the golem. 
Okay, so armor class 3. The hit die is 5 plus 5. Um, the attack is 2 fist. 2d4 plus 1d6 fire. Their Thacko is 14. The movement is 180. Their save is that of a fifth oh gosh. A fifth hit die monster. Their morale is 12, which is the max you can have. Alignment is chaos. Number appearing is one. And treasure type, none. So immunity. It has immunity against mundane damage, gas, charm, hold, sleep, fire, and poison. Ash form. There is a one in six chance of completely of complete immunity from magical weapon attack or spell attack. So pretty much any time it's hit by a weapon that's magical or a spell, you roll a one d six. If it's a one, it turns into like this ash form and completely negates anything that has happened. And sacrificial health for each people of the ash sacrificed, the ash golem has plus one hit points. That's why it, it states with 5 plus 5. So, say if it was 15 people of the Ash, it will have a hit die of 5 plus 15. So, really, this guy can be pretty nasty and could be a big old boss fight or like a mini boss if you need to. You know, you got these crazy cult people that are summoning this gigantic golem. And so, I, I really like this monster and I like the people of the ash and I wrote them in just I don't know I just had this idea of people summoning an ash golem I guess because of this whole mountain region but anyways I believe that's it for this episode it's a little weird and awkward episode today it's not my usual one so sorry for that That is it for this episode of Forever Prepping DM. If you want to contact me, you can email me at foreverpreppingdm at gmail.com or you can send me a voice message via Anchor. You can get the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and search for Forever Prepping DM. There will also be links in the show notes.